calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Subscribe on iTunes at Toddcast Podcast. Oh my God! It's there all happening. It's all happening. How are you, Stuart Reynolds? Thank you, man, for taking some time. I'm good. How are you? Yeah, of course. I'm just fine. Thank you. I'm just fine. Nice. The internet's favorite dad. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I love that. <laughs> so good. Um, I stole that from Alan Thicke. You know? No, really. I did. Yeah. I mean, like not directly, but he he had um, uh, on his uh, bio on Twitter you know, before he was dead, um, yeah. was, uh, America's favorite dad. And he spelled favorite the Canadian way. Right. And I thought, Oh, that's a little bit of a wink and a nod because he's America's favorite dad, but he's Canadian. Right. Yeah. So I was like, okay, that's funny. And then when he, when he died, I was like, well, I'm going to steal that and make it internet's favorite dad and put a little asterisk and say unproven. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yes. So how's, how's life for you right now? COVID. I mean, we're pretty much at the, the, the two year point now, right? Like gone. And, and it's good to see that you didn't die from your booster shot. <laughs> Isn't that awful? Isn't that it's, terrible? What if, oh man. I mean, for, you know, to use, I mean, I expect people to sort of take, you know, pot shots at me, people who are anti-vax or whatever, take pot shots at the videos and use them. It's like, whatever, I don't care. Hey man. And it's great when they watch the videos. It's like, great. That's a view. Fantastic. Um, but uh, yeah, when they use that one with that poor guy who actually did die of a heart attack, but not because of the booster, just a heart attack. Right. It's like, well, this is horrible. Like it's, that's bad enough and it's pretty tasteless. But at the same time, I had people who were coming up to me and be like, not coming up to you, but on Twitter, they'd tweet me and be like, I just, is, is it true? Is everything okay? And it's like, I'm fine. It's like, it's, oh my I'm God, totally- dude, I just had a friend, uh, Bob Saget, of course, just passed, right? Yeah. Uh, and he posted on his, and I unfollowed him because of this. He posted on his uh, Facebook wall, uh, some garbage account on Twitter, where it was like a B, zero B Saget. So obviously it wasn't Bob Saget's actual yeah. Twitter account, but uh, I feel fine after my booster shot. Like what, what is the point of that? I don't get it, man. You do, like, I don't how get it. Fucking done. Are you with COVID? Exactly. Like, everybody at this point is done. Like I'm just done, man. Two years is a bit I, much. I know. I know it's, it's a bit much. And I think what's funny is that, you know, uh, and you think about the, uh, 
the like vaccine people saying about vaccine mandates and stuff, right? Well, first of all, proof of vaccination. And um, when when Quebec did recently the uh, proof of vaccination for cannabis and liquor stores, right? And uh, like you know, even like myself, I was like, that's ah, a little harsh. You know, maybe you know, like I understand there's people out there who 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 need alcohol and cannabis, and uh, like meaning more than just most of us. And, uh, (laughs) and, and, uh, a little bit harsh, but then like their, their vaccinations went up like 400% the day the the restrictions took place. And then they more recently, when they did the thing where they're, they're going to have a tax on the unvaccinated in Quebec. And it's like, "Ah, I'm not comfortable with that, man. That's a slippery slope. And like, you know, private healthcare, I I don't, I'm not into that. But yeah. then there was 7,000 appointments made yesterday because no, wait, of the really? threat of it. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So it's like, that's the thing that drives me nuts. I think I'd have more respect for the anti-vax crew if they, uh, you know, like if they were like the <laughs> really loud tweets uh, that sort of reply to stuff from, of mine and you see elsewhere and the Bob Saget tweet and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's that notion of like, it's our principle. That's on, we're declining this on principle. Right. Oh, we can't get booze or cannabis. Oh no, I'll get a shot for sure. Or right. oh, it's going to cost two years me in. A, yeah, exactly. Oh, it's going to cost me an extra thousand dollars a year. Oh, my principles aren't worth that much. Right. Like, shut up. Uh, and it's insane. Shot. Like I, I'm, I'm an instructor at uh, for the radio course at BCIT, and I'm driving to work yesterday. And they right now on campus, there's uh, like a testing. It was at one point it was the right. vaccine, but now it's just the straight up testing. It's virtually sure. impossible to get tested here in BC. Yeah, yeah. Uh, dude, I swear to God, the the lineup in in a car, obviously, to get to this yeah. testing facility was like two full city blocks of a lineup just to get yeah. tested. Yeah. Crazy. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Yeah. I mean, I, I had full sympathy for governments when the pandemic started, it was like, all right, this is a historic event. We've never really been in this situation before. Like those of us who are alive currently, <laughs> yeah, have never been in this situation before. So what do we do? Like, let's figure it out. I know things are going to change by the day and all that kind of stuff by the hour. Things are going to change. We're going to get smarter. We're going to figure things out, but it's like two years in and you're like, like, especially here in Ontario, it's like, you know, they, they close the schools for, they're supposed to open up last Monday. They're like, we're going to delay them by two days. Like, what? What's two days? Gonna Why? Be- yeah. yeah. And then, like, oh, we're going to delay it by two weeks. And then they said yesterday, oh, schools are definitely, kids are going back definitely uh, next Monday. So we, like the 17th or whatever it is. Right. And, uh, and it's like, what, what have you done? Like, what have you done in two weeks that you should have been doing in the past two years? Two years. Time? Yeah. Like, yeah. A, like I have a, a, a grade six and a grade four, like a two little oh, kids, right? And yeah. Yeah. It's must be terrifying. Now, yeah. And it just is like scary <laughs> it's just yeah scary. it's totally i mean i think largely they're going to be okay however yeah, i think so too it's kind of like if the if every single kid in the class had the flu and everyone at the grocery store had the flu it's like well that's still like people still die from the flu you know what i mean right. like there's a woman jim uh, jill uh Pramuli, Pramuli, i think her name is mm-hmm. uh, on twitter and she has two kids and one of her kids died from the flu and uh, she's a big proponent for flu vaccines and obviously a big proponent for the COVID vaccine, all that kind of stuff. But it's kind of like, yeah, we should take this seriously. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And, and also, like, what did they do in 1918? Like, they just let oh people my God. die. That's it. Like, that's, that's it. Just- I mean, what's interesting, though, is I read a little bit about it and uh, they 
you know, there, there was like mask mandates, essentially, like you had to wear a mask and all that, all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, so it wasn't too far off now, but generally, like we just didn't have the technology, the medical technology, of course, back then. So people just died. What's really frustrating to me, I don't want to get off too off tangent here, sorry. Uh, what's, <laughs> uh, what's really frustrating to me is that like with the, with the cannabis and liquor stores and, you know, essentially encouraging a 400% increase in vaccination in Quebec. Uh, and then the uh, threat of a vac- unvaccinated tax um, driving 7,000 first dose appointments in Quebec. Uh, it's like, it really comes down to the idea that people don't care unless it directly affects them. Right. And if it, and even in the most benign banal ways of like, I can't get a bottle of wine unless I get a vaccine. Okay. I'll do it. I guess it's, it's, it's finally, it's finally come to my doorstep, you know? Yeah, I know. Right. Crazy. I can't get wine. No, hold up. <laughs> exactly. I'll get that damn exactly. Shot. This is serious. Oh my God. Yeah. 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 Dude, you're like, I'm tripping that I'm just even talking with you. You're like one of my favorite content creators. Oh, uh, thank you. Know, I just love your sense of humor. Uh, Cause thank some you. of the, some of the, like, if you just watch your initial, like first, maybe five, 10 seconds of some of your videos, it would seem like you're on the side of anti-vaxxers till you get to the actual point. Look, you're fish hooking them. Exactly. <laughs> who, are, right. who are some of your favorites that you like watching? Like who are some of your, the creators that you're like, man, that's some, that's solid. Oh, I mean, like uh, there's so many great ones. Like Sean Burke uh, is amazing. Yeah. Uh, Rosie Holt is fantastic. Uh, Blair Erskine's amazing. Um, Corey Forrester, uh, Brent Terhune. Um, I like uh, Blair uh, is really good at doing the the hook as well. Like she can play things off and people are convinced that she's on the other side of an issue. Uh, and it's total, like, it's totally ridiculous. And, and, and you, you, you know, I think if you just pause and go, no, this cannot be real. Um, right. But, uh, and that's the same. But, as but I don't know that they have that, uh, the, the, the brain capacity to actually work that out, that it's not. No, well, what's really funny, on, you know? Yeah. Like the uh, Rosie Holt, who's in the UK, she's phenomenal. Of course, there's a big stink right now with this, the parties that they had in lockdown at 10 Downing Street in Boris Johnson had and stuff. And uh, fantastically, he said, uh, I didn't, I, I walked into a party. I didn't attend a party or something like that. It was like, <laughs> okay. Um, big difference. And, uh, but Rosie does these things where she like cuts herself into these news interviews and, uh, and plays like plays up the most ridiculous aspects of the arguments that the politicians put forward. So she did one most recently uh, past couple of days where it was like, I don't know if I was at that party. I don't know. And I won't know until the investigation's completed. That, <laughs> then I'll know. And then sure. I won't even know if I've been investigated until the investigation's been completed. Then I'll know I'll been, I've been investigated. Right. And so uh, she had like people quote tweeting it saying, this is how bad it's gotten. This is disgraceful. This is like, how can this person? And it's like, she's not a person. She's not, this is just a joke. Yeah. So, yeah. It's like, anyway. yeah, totally. Right over totally. Your head. Would, totally. Would, you, would you say you're a fairly political guy? Like, have you always had an interest in politics or no? No, I hate politics. I can't stand politics. I think, uh, no offense to the politicians I like, but I mean, uh, politics is slimy. It's slimy, slimy business. And the worst part of politics is that it's, it's, I mean, it's, you know, I've, I've been doing social media as a content creator for the past nine years and uh, it is a slimy business. Like mm. when you, you I mean, there's lots of amazing people and lots of lovely people. 
but you just have to realize it's like everyone's kind of jostling for profile. Everyone's always trying to make sure they're still, you know, getting attention. Yeah. And politics is like that, except it's people's lives <laughs> on the line. And uh, it's, it's, uh, yeah, no, politics has never been, I've never, I mean, I'm aware of politics. I feel there's an important, it's important to stay abreast of what's happening in politics yeah. because there are real world you know, uh, consequences, consequences to political sure. stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But at the it, same it, time, it's like, I have no, and I can mean, people have said to me, you should run for politics. It's like, no, <laughs> no, I shouldn't it's because like, I no. don't care enough about people. I really oh, don't. My God. I, I couldn't imagine the shit that would be pulled up if, if oh. I was to run for politics, like, oh my God, no, thank yeah, you. I know we're not there yet. We're not yeah. there yet. Right. I mean, not, I think it's sort happening. of, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. So why, why brittle star? Why did you choose the name brittle star? Um, I chose the name Brittle Star. It was back in 2004, actually. Um, and I, uh, as you can see, I, this is my little studio area and, and I'm, I've been making music my, essentially my whole life. Yep. And um, so in 2004, I was like, well, I've never made an album and I'm 34 years old. I better make one now. And uh, before I turned 35, I don't know what right. that meant. Uh, but uh, so I, I made a, an album with a help with help from this guy named Stephen Duffy, who's um, like one of the founding members of Duran Duran and worked with the Barenaked Ladies. And he was currently at that time producing Robbie Williams album. And we remotely wow. go back and forth. And I really just like I totally weaseled my way in, in, into contact with him because I've been a fan of his for a long time. And uh, so it was great. I sort of felt like I'd been given a leg up already at that point. I was like, okay, great. I'm, I'm now working with a guy who's actually had, you know, a number one song and he's, he's had numerous top 10 songs. And this is exciting that he's written and worked on. And uh, I thought, well, I can't release an album by Stuart Reynolds. That's, that's dumb. Who's going to wear a t-shirt with Stuart Reynolds on it. That's not a cool name. Yeah. It's not jazzy enough. And uh, so my eldest son, Owen was three at the time and he had a Marine life book and uh, one of the sections was a section was on starfish and uh, there was these star starfish called brittle stars and there still are they have these like long spindly legs are really gross. They're the grossest looking of the starfish family and uh, they can see through their tentacles and they defecate out of their mouths like all starfish. And right. I was like, cool, I'll just take yeah. brittle stars and I'll jam it together and get rid of the ass and brittle star. Make it and then, so I just had the band name and I released like three albums and one EP uh, under that band name. And the first album did really well. Um, and was licensed by MTV and all for TV shows and stuff. So it was actually, it actually did well. Um, wow. And then uh, when 2013 rolled around, I started, I was like <laughs> doing Vine. I was like, well, I've already got the socials, you know, I've got the ats at Brittle Star and I've got the domain names. Eh, I'll just stick with Brittle Star. It's fine. I'll do that just for fun. And it just kind of stuck. And now, I mean, this is probably what the edge feels like. It's kind of like people just refer to me as Brit. <laughs> Hey, Brit. Okay. Oh, no, <laughs> like, don't call me that. No, <laughs> I don't care, man. Whatever. Stay on brand. It's cool. <laughs> what's the, what, what's the music in the, in the Reynolds house as a kid growing up then? Oh, well, my parents are Scottish, so you can guess if you've ever seen, so I married an ax murderer. It's yeah. uh, it's, it's very, very similar to that. A lot of Bay city rollers, uh, nice. a lot of Beatles, uh, a lot of Elton John, um, and, uh, a lot of rolling stones. Uh, my mom and dad's first date was a Rolling Stones concert nice. uh, with Ike and Ike and Tina Turner opening. Yep. And 
yeah. So, I mean, it was all sort of the classic 60s rock along with some real heavy cheese, 1970s cheese with the Bay City Rollers, which is fantastic. Exactly. So in our house, there was like a, you know how people get lyrics wrong and they get, they sort of mess them up. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, excuse me while I kiss this guy. Exactly. Exactly. Or Alex, the seal, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. And uh, in our house, uh, the Bay City Rollers Saturday night where they chant S-A-T-U-R-D-A-Y night. And they do that. My, my dad's chant was S-A-T-U-R-D-A-Y Saturday it's like they don't just say Saturday really fast at the end. They say night. Oh my God. What was was your first concert? My first concert ever. Well, if I, if I want to just really broaden the definition, my first concert ever was Mr. Dress up in 1970. Mr. Dress up. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. 1975. uh, Casey and Finnegan were there as well. I saw him again. So I saw him when I was five and then I saw him again when I was 21, but Casey and Finnegan weren't there. Um, some other discount puppets showed up. It wasn't really as good, um, but he did make a Millie Vanilli joke. So that was pretty good. Oh, nice. which awesome. Yeah, which is nice. Uh, so yes, I mean, that was my first concert as such. And then I think my first big, big concert uh, was at Maple Leaf Gardens and that was for The Clash. And oh, wow. That was exciting. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, a pretty lots good- of. It's a pretty good bar to set right out of the game. Right? Flash, it's, right? it's got a lot. It's got way more cachet than I merit. I think it, it makes me sound cooler than I am. It's like, yeah, it's I know, right? you just, dude, next time you get asked that, just fucking lead with the clash. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get no Raffy, way, man. I'm trying to get Rafi on, uh, on the podcast. Love to talk. To that oh guy. yeah. Yeah. He's the, he's awesome. the coolest man. He's awesome. Yeah. He, he follows me on Twitter and I'm always no, so stoked when, yeah. Whenever he interacts with me, I'm like, Ooh, this is exciting. Yeah, I know every this once in a while he'll like a, like one of my tweets. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, Rafi just liked my tweet. And he's badass too, eh? Have he's you been pretty fighting? badass, he's, man. He's very badass. And he's like, he's he's a very a- much an activist and all that kind of stuff. It's great. I love it. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Most overrated band on the planet. <laughs> oh, man. That's a good question. The most overrated band on the planet, according to me, is, oh, God, that's a really tough question. The immediate, the first band that popped to mind was U2. And I I like U2. I'm right there. I like U2 as well, but I'm (laughs) right there with you. REM, Smashing Pumpkins. (laughs) Yeah, I, well, I've never really been into Smashing Pumpkins. He sort of lost me because of, because of like my age and where I was and what was happening in my life and stuff. I kind of, I didn't get on the uh, Smashing Pumpkins into the grunge train of like the early 90s. I was kind of like oh. aged out of that a little bit. No, how many? Um, I'm 48. How old are you? 52. So you got me by four years. Really? You yeah. just, maybe you just missed yeah. it. Then. I worked at HMV as well. Uh, like when, like Nirvana's Nevermind was, came out when I worked at HMV. It was an amazing album, phenomenal album. Yeah. But I was never into like Soundgarden. I was never into, I hated Pearl Jam and uh, all that kind of grunge stuff. I just really wasn't into it. And then I actually, in 1993, in the height of grunge, I really got into this album by the guy did my first record with Stephen Duffy, who did an album at Abbey Road with Nigel Kennedy, who's a classical violinist, but kind of a wacko dude. And uh, so I, I went totally the opposite direction then. Wow. So, yeah. What are you binging lately? Binge watching. Um, The great 
uh, which is a which is a phenomenal show on Amazon Prime. And uh, it's very crass, but it's very funny. Mm-hmm. And we've been watching, of course, all the classics like, you know, Succession and uh, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and of course, we're now excited because we're watching The Righteous Gemstones again, which is an amazing show. Oh, dude, that's such a and, great show. And I've only made it through two episodes of Letterkenny so far, but I'm excited because there's a bunch of stuff I, I'm enjoying watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been watching that. Uh, there's a um, something on Disney. Is it Disney or is it Netflix? I think it's Disney. Where uh, Will Smith is, um, I think it's called. Oh yeah, uh, Welcome to Earth or something like that. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you haven't seen it yet, it's really well done. Like he, oh, excellent. He he travels around the world with like uh, you know adventurers and and just does like cave spelunking and whitewater rafting and like goes underwater, goes to the bottom of the ocean, and like it's just super. It's just really well done. There's more cool stuff on Disney Plus than you realize. We've been watching as well. One of the other things we yeah. binged was uh, The World According to Jeff Goldblum. And yeah, another really fantastic. good series, right? Yeah. yeah. It just makes you... I mean, I've been touching my chin more since I've been watching. And yeah. Mm, <laughs> yes. Um, I wonder why I see, that is. I, um, I see are, that, yeah. Are you yeah, a fan yeah. of all the uh, superhero stuff that gets made in the last 10 years? Like Batman and not, Justice not League? Not really. And- it's not horrible. I mean, it's not horrible. It's just really, I find it really funny because it's one of those things where there are things that just don't click with me. And that's the superhero films just have never really clicked with me. I mean, I really enjoyed like, uh, like way back doing like some of the Batman reboots. It's like, oh, that's fun. I like that. The first Spider-Man movie that came out in 2002 or whatever. That yeah. was cool. I like that. Um, but then like, it just doesn't like, I, like the infinity wars and all this is too much stuff but, happening for me. I was just going to say, maybe it's just like, there's just too much content coming out. There's a lot of content. And then plus, I think there's a lot of activity on those, on those particular shows, those movies. It's like, there's so much stuff happening on screen. It's like, ah, I just, it's too much for me, man. It's too much. Yeah, and it's fair. just like that, that and video games just for some reason have just been like, just past me. I don't know why hmm. I try. I just can't get into them. Yeah. Uh, worst job you've had. Wow. Uh, the worst job I've had. Oh, there's a really good answer for this. I know there is. Um, I've been pretty fortunate. I've had some pretty good jobs. Yeah. I same. don't know if it's, I don't know if it's the worst job. Like I've been like, I, I mean, I've been a carpet installer. I've worked at a record store. I've been a record store buyer in the UK. That was a fun job. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, I worked in a toy store as an adult. Um, and uh, worst job though, I think would probably be like one of my first jobs, which was, um, that's not really that bad, but I worked at a lottery kiosk, a lottery, a lottery and cigarette kiosk, okay. lottery and smokes. L- like a Sheffield and Sons? Uh, I don't know what that is, but maybe but like right in the middle of the wall. Like yeah. A little, little kiosk. It's got you know, lottery right tickets, in the middle of the lottery tickets. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that was my very first sort of actual job. And uh, it was fun when you shared a shift with someone, but, uh, and like my first shift at this lottery kiosk, someone won a Lincoln town car. That was exciting. Nice. Like on the scratch ticket. And they're like, wow, you're lucky. But then it got sad because then you'd see the same people coming every day every shift you'd see the same people coming in to buy lottery tickets just and to buy wasting smokes. their money yeah wasting their money 
getting ashen every day. Like, just like it was the, it was all, it was like, oh man, I don't know. Like people used to come and buy instead of like, you know, give me that scratch ticket. That's what they'd say. Give me a flat of the blah, blah, blah tickets. And they would give you $2,000 and they would take a a big flat of scratch tickets away. And they would do that every week. And they'd come back and they'd say, well, I've got this one and this one. And some weeks they would get five grand in winners. Some weeks they'd get like 50 bucks. It was like a, not a very good business model at all, but it was, it was too, it was depressing for me. It was, and then you get the people standing in line behind them going, yeah, can I get some more Benson and hedges, please? I need, (laughs) I need another carton of Benson right away, Mrs. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's a rough gig. That's a rough gig. All right, Stuart, I'm going to wrap this up in a couple of questions. I told you I need maybe sure. 15, 20. We're past that. And also thank you. Yeah, no worries. Uh, thanks, man. Um, are you a big fan of sports? Like, are you, you, you watching the Montreal Canadiens? Are you watching the Toronto Maple Leafs? Are you a fan of like UFC? What, what, gets, you, what gets you going I'm, for sports? I'm a fan of playoff sports. I, yeah. uh, I have, uh, I think I have a hard time. I have a little touch of maybe like, uh, something like an ADHD. I'm not going to say I have ADHD, but I think well, I have a little bit of know. that. Well, probably exactly. Yeah, I think we all do. Um, I think, I, I think that sort of working for myself has kind of made me think I should probably be doing something else right now. <laughs> um, so I, 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 uh, you know, I'll watch like when the Raptors were doing really well, I'll watch those games for sure. When the Leafs are doing well, I'll watch those games, but I'm not really a big sports person. And I've, I've never really been a big sports person. And I think that was probably by the fact that uh, I wasn't allowed to be both. You couldn't be, you couldn't be a new wave spinner yeah. with your foundation and lip gloss and amazing bangs and like sports, you just right. had to pick one or the other. You had to pick one <laughs> or the other. And I picked bangs and lip gloss instead. Yeah. And, uh, but uh, yeah, no, I did a thing for ESPN once for March Madness and I pitched them. They said, we want to make you, we want you to make a script in the, for this video that you're going to do. And I was like, great. So in the script, I had to list off <laughs> a scene where I had a list of the teams that were competing on like a, you know, a chart to go down to who's going to win. And uh, they wrote back and they said, uh, first of all, none of those are actual teams <laughs> so like, that uh, state, not even in it. And that those aren't real names. And I was like, oh, okay, well, you better tell me who's that. What sport is this again? So yeah, that's, that's my relationship with sports. Right. Right. All right. Final question. Share a near death story with us where you're like, oh, holy man. crap, man, I could have died there. Uh, well, you have just walked into my trap by asking that question. Uh, when I was 19 years old, I fell off a 70 foot cliff um, and I bounced twice on the way down uh, and landed on rocks that were about the you know, size of watermelons, roughly like decent sized rocks that were being used to start building a road and uh, like the foundation of a road. And uh, my face was ripped open from above my eyebrow to my mouth, my lips and on the left side of my face. And uh, I, they sent an ambulance, the ambulance strapped me in and then that, the ambulance, that ambulance got stuck. No. Uh, so they, just a, they had to send a second ambulance uh, for me and they strapped me in and got me back to the hospital. And then just by luck, uh, uh, the surgeon who was running the ER, he said, listen, I'm, I'm actually interning for plastic surgery. I can give you stitches. You'll have a scar from your eyebrow to your lip, or we can do like, I'm using this fake tissue and we can actually do plastic surgery on you. And, and, uh, and that you won't have a scar except for a small one up by your eye, which I have a small scar up by my eye. And, uh, 
I was like, okay, let's do it. Let's do it. So that's probably the, thankfully, I mean, there's been lots of times in the car where I'm like, whew, that was close. Yeah. But I think falling 70 feet, I was like, when I, when I just right before I blacked out, I was like, mm, that's it. That's the end of this. Wow. I've had so a good run. How, how do you fall off? Like, so tell us the story, the lead up to <laughs> falling off. Like, how did that happen? So this was in uh, Godrich, Ontario, which is uh, Ontario's West Coast, which you people in BC can laugh at. Um, but uh, it's uh, it's on the coast of Lake Huron, and it's beautiful. And we were renting this house. Well, my girlfriend was renting this house, and um, the night before, it was right. There was just bluffs off the end, the backyard, and then just bluffs. It was straight down. Gone down to the water. Gorgeous, amazing, but obviously dangerous. <laughs> this dangerous, is now yeah. evident. And, uh, so the night before we were out and we saw this boat come into shore, which is really quiet part of the beach and like, not really, you couldn't really get to it at that point. Um, unless you came by water and this boat came in with a light and we saw someone meet them on the shore and then the boat took off. We're like, huh, it's like a drug deal or what's going on here. Exactly. Yeah. What's happening. So we thought, well, it's too scary to go down in the darkness. Let's not do that now. Let's go down tomorrow morning. So we all went to bed and then uh, it's myself, my girlfriend and, and a good friend. And uh, we didn't go to bed together. We had separate. No, yeah, well, we not, well, there <laughs> were two that, sleeping yeah. arrangements. Yeah. And uh, we uh, got up in the morning and then headed to the bluffs. And we, we, you could get up and down the bluffs, but if you kind of like really leaned into the cliff and walked diagonally down you could kind of zigzag your way carefully, hang on to trees and stuff on the way down, little bushes and stuff like that. You could kind of get down. Yeah. And uh, I was the first to go and I took one step and I was like, oh, shit, I've lost my footing. And then it, so I took, instead of smartly, I would have, if I was smart, I would have leaned into the cliff and just dropped to the ground. Like, okay, reset, try again. But instead of doing that, I tried to stand up on the cliff and take another step to catch my footing. And uh, I didn't, I, well, I did. I took one step and took a big step and then took another step. And I was like, nope, that's it. I've now, I'm no longer touching the ground. And then I just, I just free fell for, I guess, 70 feet and then uh, bounced (laughs) twice at the bottom. And then what to make matters worse, my girlfriend and uh, my friend both successfully zigzagged down the cliff to see if I was okay. And uh, came over to see me. And when I turned my head over, I said, I'm okay. It's like one of those things where you're in shock. And I was like, yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay. And apparently my skull was showing <laughs> and my girlfriend threw up. And oh uh, this God. woman who happened to be going along the coast was uh, the walking on the coastline actually ran over and put a cardigan over me and her cardigan must've been ruined. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't even know I who she so. is, but uh, yeah, exactly. So that was the lead up to my, my cliff story and the local wow. newspaper, Godrich is only not a town of 9,000 people. Local newspaper ran the headline that week, which was alive, but bruised because I took up every ambulance for a day. So yeah. <laughs> wow. And so how did they get you up then? Well, they came along like they they drove the ambulance on the these big sort of rock foundation that they had. So there was like big boulders, and then there was like smaller rocks. I'm I'm sort of showing like the size of a melon, roughly. Um, and they were kind of being stacked and formatted down, like it was all fairly tamped down. And the idea was they were going to put gravel fill, and they were going to put sand in, and they were going to put asphalt on top of it. And it's now a lovely road. If you drive down there, it's a lovely road now. Yeah, nice memory. Um, no, yeah, great memory. Just don't <laughs> That's look where up. I almost died. 
exactly. And uh, they just backed the ambulance on and, the, and it was like slowly, but the first one got stuck in the rocks. And then they had to send a second one, which was further. So they sent the paramedics over, put me on a stretcher and then walked on the rocks, wow. uh, back, you know, wobbled over to the, the ambulance and stuck me in the ambulance. So, yeah. Crazy. All right, there you go. See, well, glad that, you glad that, that worked out, buddy. It's nice to, <laughs> me nice too. to have you on the podcast. <laughs> Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, uh, you're easy to find uh, at Brittle, Brittle Star, uh, both on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram. Easy to find. And also Brittle, BrittleStar.com. That's right. Yeah, BrittleStar.com is the sort of, if you really want the boring information, you can go there. Or if you want a, a, a full blow-up size picture of me for your bedroom wall, you can also get it there too. So Nice. If we send that in, we can get it autographed. Sure, I'll, I'll sign anything. Sure. <laughs> awesome. Stuart, thanks, man. Have a great day, and uh, we'll Thank you. see you online. Take care. See ya. The Toddcast Podcast on ToddHancock.ca. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.